Welcome to episode four of Cyberbytes the Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cooper, co-founder of Aspiron Search. This week's guest, we have Ray Espinosa. Ray is currently the CISO for Inspective, and he's got a great story to tell going from an instant responder all the way through to becoming a CISO. We talk about scaling security functions, building security teams, and most importantly, one of the keys to his success, having a collaborative leadership style. How you been, mate? Doing fantastic. How are you? Good, good, good. So am I right in saying you're just back from Disney? I did t- spend some time uh, with the family down at Disneyland. It was a lot of fun. Amazing, amazing. I was uh, I was there last July and um, had an amazing experience and my daughter absolutely loved it. So uh, that's definitely on the bucket list or off the bucket list, should I say. Um, so Ray, thanks for coming on. Um, with all my guests, I've been taking it right back to, to where it all began, where you're from and how you got into security. Absolutely. I started my career off doing IT and then moved into what is now called infrastructure operations. But back then I was just called a systems administrator. Um, I uh, worked at a few small offices before ultimately joining eBay when I was 21. Uh, And uh, it was an amazing ride of 10 years that included, um, you know, front end infrastructure and then overall infrastructure. About seven years in, having moved moved from sysadmin to team lead to manager of the uh, the infrastructure team that I was leading, I was getting a little bit of Groundhog's Day of just the same thing, just slightly different variables. And it was at that time that eBay hired their first CISO uh, that um, the existing manager there said, hey, why don't you come and build incident response for us? You understand how eBay works. You have the relationships. We'll teach you the security stuff, but you have everything else that we need to drive and get things done. Would you do that for us? And I was like, ah, you know what? Let me think about it. And then it took like an hour and I was like, what am I thinking about? This is awesome. I will absolutely do this. And it turned out to be the best decision I made for my career um, that uh, led me down you know, this really awesome path. But um um, but it definitely set me up for success there and and another another three years of of um, building an incident response program from scratch, building a security operations center, um, hiring a team and, and scaling that uh, was a ton of fun and a fantastic experience. 100%. Can you explain just for those that don't know what incident response actually is? Absolutely. Um, So the incident response team that I was leading uh, was twofold. One, we monitored for threats on all of the networks and all of the assets that we owned. Uh, And then we were also the ones when we found those threats or if a threat was reported, that we would be the ones that would respond. We would investigate the issue. If we found a confirmed issue, we would then spin it up uh, as an incident and drive uh, both um, remediation as well as investigation to the root cause and uh, and then working through trying to figure out how do we prevent that issue from happening again. Got it, got it. It's basically putting out fires. (laughs) Absolutely. I wore my firefighter's uh, hat and uniform just about every day in that role. (laughs) Well, um, so after that, what what after you'd set up the the SOC, where did you then head up after that? Um, I had a similar type of role, and after ten years 
at eBay, I was like, man, could I spread my wings and be successful somewhere else? And would that bring on new challenges and uh, and new roles? I felt like my my manager, who was fantastic and a great friend and still is, wasn't really going anywhere. And I, I didn't necessarily feel like um, I had uh, an opportunity to really grow um, beyond on the leadership side unless I left the team. And that was just not something that uh, internally that I was willing to do. I happened to run into the... Um, the overall director of incident response for uh, Cisco Systems um, incident response team. I was uh, a part of a joint government private sector exercise in Washington, D.C. and had the ability to meet him. You know, we grabbed a couple of beers and we're just talking about things. And he was like, I'm really trying to build out a team in San Jose. And, you know, I'm in North Carolina. We have a great team, but we really need to scale and up level and expand capabilities would that be something you were interested in? And it just kind of happened that I just happened to be open to opportunities at that time and it worked out. And uh, so I moved on and, and helped scale that, that function. It was a um, large team of just senior level individuals from around the world, which was a great problem to have, but we were thinking about scale. How do we get fresh blood in here? How do we enable them to grow and how do we expand our reach overall? Um, mm -hmm. So I was able to build out an analyst function, uh, in turn also build out security operations centers, one in San Jose and one in India to get to a follow the sun coverage model, as well as continue to expand that team. Uh, and it was an interesting ride. I think at one point, um, just through uh, the ups and downs of the company, I had 19 direct reports. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so I spent half of my week just in one-on-ones, uh, which was, uh, you know, an interesting take. But but four years there, that ultimately was another stepping stone for me to just figure out problems at a much larger scale. Uh, eBay at 14,000 employees when I left, Cisco Systems at like 150,000 employees plus contractors. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, you know, it brought a, a different set of challenges. Um, but, um, you know, the ultimately, uh, a couple of other stops, one of them at uh, Workday in a similar type of role, and then a startup. Um, all of that led me really to my first uh, CISO level role as a, as VP and uh, of uh, global security at Proofpoint. And that was, you know, an awesome experience to step in. A, a bit scary as well, a large publicly traded company mm. um, where, you know, um, I I quickly figured out it wasn't about just solving security problems. You know, it was about um, managing the, um, the politics that every organization has, you know, to be able to find success, figuring out what the playing field is, what are the rules, and then how do I play yeah. uh, without anybody really wanting to explain them. So uh, uh, an interesting ride nonetheless. 100%. I read on uh, your LinkedIn that you enjoy driving security training and security awareness. Did, where did that start for you? Was that that first CISO role proof point or was that come a bit further on? Or um, I would say that it goes back to my first security role. It, um, I routinely came up to folks and found that when I came to them and helped them understand this is the issue and this is why we're investigating and sometimes this is why it's bad. Um, we we got much better buy-in by explaining and helping educate them of what we needed from them and, and what the issue was. And th there was a period of time where security was thought as you had to operate in a black box. You don't need to tell people what's going on in security. You just do the security thing. And I always felt like that didn't fit right. If somebody were to come to me and make me do things wildly different, I'd want to understand why. And, uh, and then that would make it easier for me to accept and come along. And... Um, 
And I found that the education materials that we have, you know, it was about an hour or so of, of computer-based training. And that was supposed to be enough to uh, limit the risk and educate folks and, and drive change. And, and guess what? It just, it just didn't. Yeah. And it, it hasn't since. Uh, and so I decided to take on an experiment um, several years back. And, and I thought, you know, if I can really try to drive and, and think about not just awareness, but evangelism, can I build a security culture by better education, different ways of training? training, better engagement, um, will that drive actual change? And um, and it had an amazing result in that, you know, I found that more folks in the organization genuinely cared about security, genuinely cared about reporting things they felt that were off weird or different. And because they had a trust in myself and my team, that we would treat them with respect, regardless of whether it turned out to be a real issue or if it was a false positive, you know, the, um, them taking the time and owning, hey, this is weird. I think we should look at it because I care, um, you know, arming them with that trust and then treating them uh, that way. I felt like that really started to really open up these doors that I felt were pretty much closed everywhere uh, with um with helping folks better understand why security does the things that we do. And the other piece was when we, you know, we add something new to your endpoint, we're doing endpoint encryption. And so now you're going to have a slower boot time and, uh, you know, leading with the why, what's the risk to this? Because I found that not folks didn't innately understand what the risks were. They were there trying to do their job. Uh, you know, they were trying to do what was best for, you know, their organization. But when they understood the why and where we were in trying to solve some of these problems, again, I saw much better buy-in. So I was thinking, okay, like this works, you know, we just need folks to lean in and we need to treat them well, and that'll help them continue to better understand. And then I found like other complementary programs, you know, there's uh, many organizations that have a security champions program where they take developers and who are security leaning and we educate them, we arm them with tools and help them solve problems. That's another piece that goes into that security mm -hmm. evangelism type of bucket that, that helps build a security culture. It's less, you know, the, the training piece is a byproduct of it, but build Building that culture where people care and people understand, uh, you know, was huge. And then like the last big piece is a little bit of security theater that we would do. We would take something big in the news. Uh, and, you know, at the time, you know, like a, a big bank breach, we would break that down and we would help folks understand, well, what happened and who was behind it and how do these things typically work? And, you know, with enough technical depth for technical folks to get something valuable out of it. We didn't take for granted that any of the terms that we used, you know, are innately understood. And so we try to make it easy for everybody to understand and get away with and and walk away with something meaningful and um, and treat it more like a story. You know, I mean, when you're selling anything to you know your leadership team about why you should be promoted, you're helping folks better understand anything. It's all about telling a story to be able to build a connection and helping folks understand and uh, and that's what we really centered around is as having that as a pillar of let's be storytellers let's be honest let's hold ourselves accountable but if surely if we can do these things we can drive change and i had the ability to do that at a um you know, series A to series B startup. I went to, you know, a, a publicly traded company who then ended up getting, being uh, taken private in Medallia and continuing to implement some of those things. And I, I saw the same types of indicators that we were driving change. So regardless of company size, you know, you can really, th th those tenants work for everybody, you know, and yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I'm so passionate about it. Because I see so many folks just don't understand and I don't see it as a them problem. I see it as a me problem that we need to do a better job communicating. My, my teenies do a better job of making this accessible and, uh, and let's, let's have a level of accountability. We didn't have to before. Love that. Cause I saw you quoted that success 
comes in a collaborative leadership, which I loved. Can you talk, what, what does that actually mean to you? You can't be successful on an island. You really need folks to buy in. Um, I have strengths and I have weaknesses. And when you know we surround ourselves and we build relationships with others with complementary strengths, then oh my goodness, you know the the types of uh, problems that we can solve because we're collectively stronger as a team. And I've uh, you know I'm a, a high school football coach, and you know I've been big in sports most of my life, and so that that team feeling always came easy and natural for me. And I found that, you know, genuinely caring about folks and helping them succeed and and leaning in where I can be strong, gosh, it helps them in the same way that it helps me. So clearly this is the formula that we can use to really, you know, make some magic happen. Yeah. What about um, customized security training for your teams? Because I also read about that, that you create customized training paths for them. Is that right? It's all it's all about making it accessible and helping, you know, to drive parallels to which folks will understand. Um, and, and so what we what we said we would do is let's do targeted training for the finance folks. Let's talk about the risks that finance and accounting folks will typically see. And that's that business email compromise type of emails um, or other types of scams that are trying to entice them to either send money or send financial information or send sensitive information specific to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that had huge value. We talked to our engineering team they don't care about you know what the finance team is focused on they want to understand you know what, what how can my application be attacked and what should remediation look like and what are the tools and libraries and frameworks that we can use to make our lives easier but more secure and so we found that by having targeted training talking about threats specific to these different teams we were able to get them to buy in a little more because it felt more real it didn't feel like a problem that was affecting somebody else it's like holy cow this, these are things that i can look out for these are things that i can do and that i can see that will have a tangible impact on my job and um and again that, that was a huge piece of making it real and 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 uh yeah. and helping folks understand you know the, the why with yeah. things that they with it constantly evolving does the training and awareness piece all evolve as well consistently? It's not just like a one-time thing. Is it like consistently? Is it monthly, quarterly, yearly, that sort of thing? Um, you're absolutely right. Threats, uh, you know, threats do continue to evolve really much more on the advanced side. Thankfully, there's a lot of, of threats that we're able to put in specific categories where there may be nuance to how um, new attacks happen. But categorically, you know, the attack is is generally the same. Um, but uh, that still means that we revisit um, that type of training. Targeted training is anywhere from, you know, um, Every two, you know, um, a quarter or two to at least twice a year, just to make sure that we have some level of face time. But we supplement that with monthly brown bags, with quarterly briefings that I talked about, where we we're continuing to tell stories. And then we have these ongoing programs with security champions, and we have other events where we're driving evangelism. So it's a collection of all these things where they're constantly hearing security. And positive news around that as far as what we're doing. It's not always positive. Sometimes there's a, you know, there's an issue, but we still celebrate. Well, we learned and we got better because we experienced these things. 
And, uh, you know, it goes back to that old adage of smooth seas don't make skilled sailors, you know, like our security team is better by dealing with issues because we're now able to understand that it's real, we can be affected, and we have to get better at proactively responding and detecting these types of threats. It's the same thing where we constantly bring back, did we learn something new? Great, let's demystify it. Let's talk about what we learned about why this was an issue and how we can get better. And um, so it becomes very routine. And I found that, you know, we don't, overpress them with too much information will become noise, but enough where we add some level of value. You mm-hmm. know, there's something that, that can be taken away. And again, you know, when that individual finds one weird thing, we just, we treat them really well and with respect and with a lot of um, appreciation for leaning in and doing their part. Yeah. And, got it. Uh, and that's- got it. Yeah. I see that you're, so how do you keep up to date with the the constantly evolving threat landscape because i see you do a lot of advisory type stuff does that help being close to products or security startups um that absolutely helps and it's all context of the the different problems that uh, different vendors are trying to solve uh is definitely one avenue again uh, a lot of the problems they're solving are may not necessarily be novel problems but it may be a novel approach to solving it maybe it's more efficient or it's with new technology we're able to do things that were very difficult to do in previous years and so that that piece adds context um i myself attend a lot of different briefings there's a lot of great news that comes out you know krebs on security uh, that guy seems to always be plugged into whatever the heck is going on in the world. Um, and so you have that and and lots of other news sources that are constantly sharing data. Uh, it's a combination of all of those things, you know, like um, even the um, the government and, um, you know, national law enforcement put out briefings of threats that they see where they're able to declassify specific pieces of information. All of that is great context. And uh, the last piece I'll say is that uh, I've worked with lots of great people throughout my career, and I think that's afforded me an opportunity to build a lot of relationships. Yeah. Many times yeah. I'll get information about a specific type of issue just based off of the, the relationships. Either somebody will reach out and say, we may have saw something related to you here, or do you know somebody here because we saw this and here's what we found. So there's a lot of you know trusted knowledge sharing that happens that um, that is hugely valuable. So it's a combination of a lot of things. Yeah. But I will say, like the probably the most important thing are those relationships of being able to share trusted information and know that it'll only be used um, to take action and not used to attribute publicly somebody else for sharing that type of uh, information. Got it. Got it. Are you going to be at RSA in April? Absolutely. Uh, I will be there the first half of the week. Got you. Cool, cool, cool. Are you going to be talking or have you put something forward, submitted something? Um, um, I won't actually be speaking at RSA proper, but um, one of my engineers uh, will be there, uh, Megan Jocko. So I definitely encourage anybody who hears this uh, to to check out that talk. It's going to be pretty awesome. Um, But I will definitely be around. So I will say if you see me, uh, definitely say hi. I will be at a few of the events and whatnot. Uh, yeah. But uh, but I love it. Love that. Um, just want to plug Races Cyberorg. What is that, and how can people get involved in that? Um, I've been always looking for ways to contribute back to others. And so I spend a lot of time mentoring. I I do a lot of evangelism, just helping folks understand that uh, cybersecurity is a path for for them. And uh, I even do this at the high school level, uh, as well as college, where folks don't even really think about it. Uh, So um, Riasis specifically has a similar type of approach, but what they're trying to do is to entice a lot of uh, folks who come from, uh, you know, Hispanic, 
uh, a Latin background, um, you know, to help them have connections and be exposed to information where they can continue to grow in a cyber field. Uh, so I, I'm I'm honored and privileged to be a part of the board there and, and contribute tactically to that organization. Similarly, uh, Black Girls in Cyber, I've invested my time to mentor there. I mean, you see a common theme, if I can help others, uh, both break into cyber or to uh, just help them really in any way. That brings me a lot of joy and a lot of value. So um, uh, so we contribute there. But uh, Raices will be at RSA as well, um, as well as uh, Black Hat DEF CON, um, the whole SAP Hacker Summer Camp Week. So if you're interested, definitely reach out. You know, We would love to chat. 100%. Well, I'll put your LinkedIn in the show notes for sure. And then I guess just to, to wrap this up, Ray, what would you what advice would you give to somebody that's struggling to to break into the industry at the moment um leverage relationships i mean there's so many times you know that if you reach out to somebody and and you're genuine about hey i can really use some help or do you have any advice is there something i can use i i, uh, I get a lot of messages you know via linkedin and I mean, and quite honestly, I take the time to answer every single one because I remember being that person early in my career. I had so many people invest their personal time in me to, to help me succeed. I feel it's only right to give back. And so um, leverage folks who are where you want to be and uh, and reach out. You'll, you'll be surprised that there are a lot of folks who will take the time to help somebody else at least hey, here's what I've done, or here's some of the training, or here's maybe an avenue. And then maybe you get lucky. Sometimes, you know, somebody will reach out and say, I have this skill set and, you know, I'm looking for a new role and I happen to know somebody hiring for that type of role. And so it is very much relationship driven as well. Um, so, so don't be afraid to reach out. Awesome. Right. Thanks for coming on, brother. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, 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 uh,